Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, operations manager for Fitness 360 in Clearwater, Florida, Nicholas Ruiz. How are you doing today, sir? Well, very good, Dominic. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. Excited to dive in. Excited to learn more about you and Fitness 360. So tell us all about the club. Uh, Fitness 360 was um, came out of a passion from the owner um, that started out in the industry as just a sales guy. Um, there was a big name here in Florida called Lifestyle Family Fitness. Um, that brand actually disintegrated around 2010. And around that time, he just had a passion to helping out people uh, lose weight and just being part of the fitness industry. Um, out of that, he did start with, you know, a, an, another big group that's in, that's well in the whole entire U.S. now. Um, those same guys started that group. He worked for them. Um, and he just, he didn't want the corporate model anymore. He liked the big box model, but he knew that, there could be something better than how corporate runs. And what I mean by that is by, you know, between your staff and how we want to create a community, not because of the dollar sign, but because of our outreach into the community, how we treat our members are not just a dollar sign or, or a membership number. They're actually their names. And a lot of the times, once our front desk gets to know who you are, they will check you in as they're watching you walk up the parking lot. Um, and he wanted an all around model where it wasn't just, you know, your standard weights and cardio group fitness, but have it to where if you got your moms or, or, or dads that want to come in and work out and have nowhere to put the kids at, we have that kids club. Um, maybe you want a boot camp, but didn't want to pay that $150, $200 a month model. It can only go to that place when you signed up for class. So we brought that in here as well. So not only in the membership, can you do the boot camp classes at certain times, but you can also use a gym 24 hours a day use a kids club, use group fitness, use your cardio equipment. So he wanted an all around, um, you know, fitness gym. Um, and that's, you know, if you look at our logo, it's, it's a circle and it's bringing back full circle for everything that we want to do in here. And at one point in time, we wanted to bring in physical therapy, but we just don't have the space for that right now. Yeah, really. Uh, it puts a, an exclamation point on the fitness 360 when you explain it that way. So I appreciate you being able to kind of go into that much depth and explain where, you know, where the franchise was or, or where the company was and now where, where your owner has taken it. So let's hop back a little bit and talk about your history with the company. Uh, you were a trainer there uh, when it was the previous company. Um, and then, you know, some, some things changed and, you know, here we are some years later and you're the operations manager, but what happened in the interim? Correct. So I mean, even when I started out with my career, I mean, I've always wanted to own something myself. Um, you know, my, my thought was because I'm a human movement specialist, um, post rehab, that's what I really love doing and helping people get back from an injury or, or whether it's getting out of surgery or something like that, um, that I wanted to have physical therapy as part of the fitness because I saw that we were needed more than physical therapists. Unfortunately, um, that's a different tangent on that, but um, 
I started to hear in this facility when it was a different gym back in 2010. Did very well here. Um, met my wife. We got married. Um, she lived out in California, moved to Florida for me. And she was really missing her family. So I said, okay, let's, let's give California a shot. Maybe that's, you know, the place where we need to be at. We moved out there. Um, it was about two years down the road. We realized that, you know, we had just more opportunities back here in, in Clearwater, Florida. Um, you know, also the cost of living was just ridiculously high over there. If we came over here, what we were saving, we could put for retirement because, you know, in the personal training career, um, you don't have a 401k or a pension. So you, you want to put away for, for your retirement. So when I came back, I did go back to the original company because they still were around. They just didn't own this facility here anymore. Um, I started working for them, but it just, it, I knew that if I came back to the, this, this location here, Clearwater, that I would have success almost overnight. And that's pretty much what happened. You know, within the first month, I was doing $5,000 out of this club. And because I always, no matter where I work, I always, I always see it as my own. So I started helping out the front desk manager. I kind of oversaw most of the operations, um, just helping her with whatever she needed, like hiring people, how, how the front desk should work, how to do tours. The owner saw that, and um, he put me as the personal training manager because first I was doing well in the personal training, helping out the trainer as well. But as I was helping out the front desk, and we were opening up our next location, he's like, hey, I need someone to run this club. You know, would you do it? And I, I told him, sure. As long as I can keep some personal trainings, tra training clients, because I, I didn't want to stop training. I love training. Um, so that's kind of what my role is right now is I am operations manager. Actually, I got so many hats here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> operations manager here, which, you know, includes me training clients, overseeing the front desk, overseeing the kids club. Um, I finally was able to hand the group fitness over to a group fitness manager. Um, if a machine breaks down because I am handy and mechanical, I fix the machines. Um, I maintain them. Um, I make sure that we have enough, you know, inventory for uh, our our RTD drinks, whether it's protein, energy drinks, um, supplements, um, and just making sure that the, the club is running smoothly and that our our numbers are profitable. You know, especially now during COVID, where you know we're starting to see the day of light and. I want to say the biggest obstacle that we have right now is um, that we had was trying to get leads in here because it's just that that for me was is the hardest part was finding a reputable company that would actually get a, give us leads and not just take our money. Awesome, man. So you've you've had a lot you've had a lot going on for you. And I think um, one of the things and, and if if you mentioned it and I missed it again. I know we talked about it off air. So sometimes I get my timeframes confused. You also serve as kind of a consulting operations manager for the two other locations in the company at this time too, right? I do. Correct. Um, so when we, we had a club not too far away from us in Largo, which we eventually had to sell because, you know, as, as time goes on, your demographics change. When we had that club used to be a really good demographic area and the owner thought that going back in there it would be the same but just it changed so much overnight that it was it was better just to sell it and and um that's when we purchased our panama city beach location um panama city beach i want to tell you that's a that's a ride that kind of stinks because i want to say at least a good half of the ride is through a forest and you get no service 
Um, so, you know, downloading a lot of music helped out a lot of podcasts. But I would go up there and make sure that the, you know, the trainers are, are doing their parkues correctly, that they're actually, you know, um, knowing how to, how, to, how to get the leads, um, reaching out to the members, making sure the front desk is following um, what we saw, what we wanted as when somebody comes in and how to greet somebody, how to do a tour. Um, if they had some downtime, making sure they're clean and, and seeing that, you know, let the members see that we actually care about the club to the 24-hour um, uh, system that we had up there. The system's a little different than we have here in Clearwater. I can get to that if, you, if you'd like, but that system was a lot different um, where, you know, a lot of clubs use key cards up there. Here in Clearwater and our other location in Tampa, we actually use biometric, which is a fingerprint. So it saves on having a, a card or losing a card, having to pay for another one up there. Our company just couldn't go up there. It'd be way too costly to have that done up in Panama city beach. Um, but I do that for that, for that club as well. Now that owner is doing very, very well. The only time he reaches out to me is if he had had some sort of issue with this 24 hour system or just questions about how to you know handle a client or because our, with our membership, you can go to different gyms and if someone needed a transfer to our club because we're moving closer to here or up to that location, that's when we would talk. And Tampa location, that one pretty runs itself as well. I mean, the, the franchisee over there, it's, it's a smaller model than what we, than what we want. Um, but um, he, uh, he, he does fairly well out there and I, I rarely have to help him out. Awesome. So right now you're sitting in a position where if they're... If there's a new policy, new procedure, new thing that you want to pilot, are you really just doing that at your location, serving as a test bed and an example? Is that kind of the, the biggest influence that you're having on the other clubs right now? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first ones was uh, bringing in boot camp. Um, you know, we saw that boot camp was a big success and we wanted to scale it to where it was still affordable for someone to be able to take those classes. But it, you know, obviously on our end too, that it made sure that it was profitable as well. Um, and, and that did very well. And then after that, we integrated hot yoga. We saw how hot yoga was, um, was doing so well. And we, I mean, we had an extra room that we could put the hot yoga in, um, did a little different instead of using a heater box, we actually used infrared panels, which makes a huge difference on the air quality when you go in there. And, um, and it's less expensive to run those radiant panels as well. Um, so as we start adding those in, you know, we, we tell other franchisee, hey, this is the success we're having with this. We'd love for you to see you use it in your facility, whether they want to or not. It's up to them to make the investment and want to add it into their facility if they have the room as well, because sometimes they don't have room. You know, up in our Panama City Beach location, they have racquetball because they have the room. Here in Clearwater, we don't have it. So our, our, other, our clubs have different amenities than what we would have here, but at the same time, trying to, at least the boot camp part of it, trying to have that in every single one of our, you know, franchise facilities. And so far they have taken that boot camp model on as well. Fantastic. All right. So you guys are, are maintaining, you know, kind of from a, an example, corporate policies and procedures, but, you know, the other franchisees based on size, layout, demographics do have some freedom to work with, whatever they have for space and availability. So there is some uniqueness between the locations too. Yes. Yeah. I would say there is a lot of uniqueness to the locations. Okay. 
So a couple of things I want to run down um, that you offer and get your, you know, your thoughts behind pros and cons, because uh, it's always nice to offer everything in a facility, but, you know, there are reasons why some people can and can't. So something you mentioned uh, was at your location, Clearwater, you have, you know, kids club or childcare. So what was the, the thought process behind that? you know, square footage in the club that, you know, may or may not be able to be used for equipment or for training versus, you know, what type of clients it brings in. How, how did you plan that out? And do you have any way to measure its effectiveness? Um, yes, I do. So the kids club is already a part of our Clearwater club originally. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we like kids club is because when you have group fitness classes, whether it be in your morning time or afternoon time, those are the members that usually your stay-at-home moms are going to be, um, or be the be the morning crowd, and then you have your working, I want to say, parents in the afternoon, and if they want to go work out and they don't have anywhere to leave their child, and I mean I could be a good example. I do have my you know some close relatives here. I have a two-year-old, but if there wasn't a kids club, I I couldn't work out anywhere. So we saw that as an opportunity to still keep it, put it as part of one of our membership bases. And that's, that, that is our most popular membership that we have here in the club is that membership. Um, because it does give that ability to, Hey, you know, I can, I can go work out and my kid has somewhere to go while I exercise. Um, so out of profitability, I mean, that having a kid's club, I want to say is huge. If you have the space for it, um, even our, our Tampa one that, is half the size we are, they still have a little area for a kid's club. Um, and, and, and if they have it, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it could, actually, I don't think, I know that it could drive more revenue because you are going to reach out to those parents that do want to work out, that do want to be healthier, but they don't if they don't have anywhere to keep their kids at at that time. Yeah, for sure. So two questions on that. One, I think you started to answer is um, you do you charge extra for it and and is it a staffed system that you have there or is it, you know, certain kids only of a certain age and they're not supervised? Um, so it, it is staffed um, and it's okay. part of our second tier membership that we have. So that second tier membership includes, you know, access to the gym. Um, and includes group fitness classes. And of course, the group fitness classes and includes your kids club. Um, and the age range for there, we don't accept anything smaller than six months because we'll, we will go up to six months. And I mean, our kids club staff are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. the, I'm going to say the best ones that I, I like having um, are usually your high schoolers. For the after, obviously, they can only do afternoons. They, they, they obviously, you know, what the parents, they always ask and the baby says, so they get extra jobs out of that in the afternoon as well. But in the morning time, I mean, I've had one phenomenal lady here um, for the past five years. That's just, you know, the, the parents love her, um, but they're always supervised. So we take them from, you know, at, at six months, all the way up to 13 years of age, which at, at the age of 13, they can actually start to work out with the parents. And we do have a family plan where they can add on their child or a spouse or whatever for a lower cost. Okay, cool. So on the topic of employees and staffing for your model, you know, it, it's fairly typical in that yourself, your desk staff, your kids club employees, they're all, you know, for the most part, just regular W2 employees. You've gone the route for your group 
instructors and your personal trainers, um, having them as as 1099 contractors, which is, you know, it's it, I feel like it's probably a 60-40 split these days. Um, and also to take that a step further, they're not running a separate business inside your business. Fitness 360 is the business, is the person, is the entity that clients are paying. And then you handle distributions versus say a, a rental or a barbershop model or whatever, whatever somebody may call it. So can you give me kind of your pros and cons of, of how you ended up in that model and, and why you think it works best for you? Uh, we ended up in that model because the owner saw that how it worked with um, the prior club, the clubs that he was at, um, the trainers being 1099. Um, he's more of a performance-based um, system. So when, when, it, when, unfortunately, I mean, here, and here's a con because I've just seen it throughout my eight years here is operating is that when a trainer comes in, even at a 1099, you still have to worry about them, um, you know, leaving and taking your, your member base that you, that we've built, not them, you know, because they have access to our membership software, all that. And we're entrusting them, even though they have signed a, you know, uh, a clause when they, when they sign up with us to not do that. Um, I want to say that that's going to be a con no matter what with personal trainers as 10.99s when I, where I was going at with the, um, performance space, the better they do, the bigger percentage they get. So they can start to actually make more money here at a model and not have to pay for an overhead or pay for electricity because they don't understand that that's part of the business. They just see that they're this awesome trainer and they can do it on their own and make more money, but they're they're not thinking what is it going to cost me to be able to do that. So that's where the 10999 model came in for the trainers. For the group fitness, the first one was a save on payroll and on um, workman's comp. But at the same time, we have Les Mills in our, in our in all, I want to say in two out of our three clubs. Um, and they have to pay for their music um, every quarter. So every quarter they're paying like like $70 just to get their music and the new routine. Um, and then a lot of them are, you know, paying for their own clothing for, you know, from that company or whatever else they need to teach class. So we thought it was a good way for them to be able to write that stuff off at the end of the year for their tax, for their taxes. At first we got a little bit of backlash, but um, I'd say it may last a month or two. And, and all of actually liked that model because of the fact they can, they can write it off at the end of the year. And um, the cons on it, I, I really haven't seen too many cons on it. Just be, no matter no matter what group fitness instructor you have, if they leave, they're they're gonna probably take some members because with group fitness, it's not about the name of the class; it's about the name of the instructor. So if that instructor is phenomenal and they go somewhere else, you're gonna those members. Even if they get to drive 10 miles, they'll drive 10 miles just because of that instructor. They may still keep your membership, but they'll go somewhere else to take that instructor's class. Um, yeah, I think, front, yeah. Go ahead. And with front desk, um, you know, we don't have a sales because unfortunately that's never worked out for us. So we make our front desk and I make sure that they're trained well enough and always keep going over trainings and teaching them how to sell memberships um, because they're, they're the heartbeat of our club. 
when a member comes in, they see them. So if they sold the membership, all that, you know, that, that, that connection's even closer. Um, and I mean, as of to this date yet, I haven't had any, uh, any kind of like bad about, you know, front desk selling memberships and saying, hey, you know, we want to get paid more because we're selling the memberships now. And, you know, the cost effectiveness of that as well is, um, has been huge for us as well. Got it. Got it. So for, for your experience, and I think these two things will tie together when we talk about the potential for group trainers to leave or personal trainers to leave, you've gone through it. You've been a personal trainer. You've had the ideas of how do I retire? What do I put away? You've worked your way into this management position. You know, I think one of the things that we can do as owners and managers it, to prevent, you know, somebody leaving and and taking a bunch of clients with them is to try to make it the most attractive place for them to work. So I'm sure for you as standing there as an example, as somebody who's worked your way up and gotten to a position, there's probably relationships and conversations you can have that are going to be really valuable for the trainers and instructors that you have there. Um, are you, are you leveraging that to any degree in conversations you have trying to, um, you know, whether officially or unofficially kind of counsel and mentor some of these people who are going to have a long career in fitness? And if so, do you think that that leads to, you know, longevity and loyalty for them as trainers? Um, yeah, yes, I do. I, I, I try to coach all my trainers, um, even group fitness instructors, um, to the best of my ability, as long as they want to listen. Unfortunately, we're, we're living in a, in a world where, Everybody just thinks they, they know it all, and um, it, it's hard to find a good employee nowadays. Um, but as long as they're willing to listen, and I'm, I'm not going to say that I know everything, but I've been around long enough to, to know that it's not easy to go out there and go, could you do it yourself? Sure. Um, but personal training, there's a reason why it's called personal training, because it's personal. Could you go on online and have all these programs? Sure you're going to have some, uh, probably a lot of failures because everybody is different on how they're going to go through their fitness journey. And that's where I try to come across in the trainers is that if you think that you're going to go out and, and be this online training uh, trainer, that it's going to be the same as you, it should be the same as you being one-on-one -on -one with them here inside the club. Now, hopefully they have the equipment to do it in, if they don't have the equipment, do you have to travel to the house in order to do that? Or do you want a facility and do you know how much that's going to run you to have a facility? So trying to help them understand that the percentage that we're taking here is to be able to have this facility so that you can train out of. But we also let them know, hey, the more money you make, the more money we make. It's not a trickle-down effect. Because if you're doing very well, then we are going to do very well at the same time. So I, I try to help them understand that. Just unfortunately, in, in these days, trainers want the quick dollar. And if they don't see it quick, then they're going to try to do it on their own. And I've seen it way too many times where they fail and they're in a different industry. Or they're barely making ends meet because I, I don't know, I mean, they love fitness and they just don't want to give it up. Or could it be ego? I'm going to say with probably half of the ones that have left here, yes. But um you know, it's, it, it, it's just trying to help them out re to realize that, 
you know, it's not as bad to be so, you know, to be somewhere where they are taking a percentage because we are taking, you're getting to use a lot of equipment that you couldn't use on your own. And sometimes, you know, bands ain't going to work hundred percent, just kettlebells. And there's only so many different exercises, so many different things, so many different ways of, of being able to structure a program that they might get to a point where, okay, I don't need you no more. I need to go to the gym now to get to that next level. Awesome, man. I, I really appreciate that perspective. I know we're running low on time here. So um, the last thing that I want to, I want to tackle or as, as much as we can for what we have left for time. Um, you know, one of the things that you were talking about is as operations manager, you're, you're in charge of anything that the business needs really to keep it fed and keep it healthy. One of the things uh, sounds like you just got over the hump with was getting leads, getting good qualified leads into the gym. So now that that, it sounds like that dragon is slayed. Is there another, is there another thing on the horizon for you? Do you have anything that you're trying to crack the code on now that you have, um, you know, have lead flow looking good into the club? Is there a next project, a next goal for you right now? Yeah. Next project is, um, I'm just trying to get more franchisees, but for, for us here is, how can we take it to the next level and be able to service more people and be able to overcome um, the corporate gyms that are around us? Because, you know, we have so many corporate here in the Tampa Bay area, there's like a gym on every corner. We're like the most condensed area that there's, that there's gyms, whether it's a gym or studio or boutique studio, whatever it is, there's one on almost every corner. But what we've had to battle with a lot was the low cost $9 model. But we tried it. We tried it out for a year, maybe two years. And I hate saying this because I don't like talking bad about people, but it just brings a different quality of people into the club. Not that we don't want that quality, but it brings a disruption to the people that come in here really want to truly work out. The ones that are, are, are just want to come in, get their their exercise in. And those were the same memberships that we had to actually chase that money more than the people that were paying more money. Um, so that, that was one of our, our, our next battles was trying to, how can we overcome that at the same time as being profitable with as big boxes we are, because we're still mom and pop, you know, even though we're 22,000 square feet where, you know, we don't have the deep pockets that, you know, these, these big corp corporate gyms have. Um, so that, you know, the next level is, wanting to expand more, but at the same time, keeping that family-friendly atmosphere inside, inside the clubs. Awesome, man. I, well, I feel like you have, you have a great attitude. You have a great hold on things. Clearly, your work ethic has served you very well. So uh, I'm excited that, uh, you know, hopefully sometime in the future, we can check back in with you and see where you're, where you're going, where Fitness 360 is going. Uh, we are out of time. So I thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure having you on today, sir. Hey, thank you, Dominic. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you listening. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. 
But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Shane from The One Fitness in Ohio. What's up, Shane? How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you here. Excited to be here. Looking forward to it. Awesome. All righty. Let's jump into the details. What is it that made you want to open your own facility? Um, So it's funny. I actually never did. Um, COVID kind of steered me to it, which is kind of a funny story. Um, I was just a personal trainer at a big box gym, and I ran kind of my personal training business off to the side as well. Um, so then I pictured probably just running my personal training business, um, and just going off of that and renting space. Um, cause I knew kind of, that's what I was good at. That's what it was, um, just kind of went with what I was doing. And then, uh, COVID kind of shut everything down and kind of steered me in a different direction. And, uh, a year later we're here. <laughs> that's crazy. It's odd, not odd, but different, I guess, to hear that, COVID almost sparked your business. Right. Uh, you know, usually a lot of times we've been hearing lately that it's the opposite. COVID ruined a lot of businesses. So you don't really hear that COVID kind of sparked a business for you, but that's awesome. So within your facility, how do you structure things? What does your business model look like? Are you doing group training, one-on-one, semi-privates? How do you structure things? Yeah, so um, we're more like the salon lofts type of gym. So um, every basically independent contractor in there um, runs their own business within our roof. So um, right now we have six personal trainers in there um, and everyone kind of runs their own thing. Um, But it's basically just all individuals, group training, small group, things like that. Um, But everyone kind of has their own structure of their business and runs it how they please. Okay. All right. So you have independent contractors almost running their independent businesses essentially out of your facility. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And so how many clients are you currently serving as a whole within the facility? Um, As a whole, we're, I think we're about 200 members right now. Okay. Really good. Yeah. We're excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge for, you know, being a pretty freshly opened facility. So growing that membership from the start, from opening your doors, how did you go about doing that? Um, so really it was, so I started out of my garage during COVID. Um, that's kind of how it started, which is uh, funny. And then I think I was one of like the only personal trainers around here. Uh, still like marketing and things like that, doing that. Um, so it actually doubled my business. And then people kind of saw like, oh, he's now going from his garage. Now he's opening this space. Um, and now he's like teamed up with a couple other trainers. Like, what is this? And it kind of just sparked like that question mark to people. Um, so I think that really got a lot of people's interest and engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's really just word of mouth, social media, 
Um, and we're just tapping into other trainers and things like that right now. Okay. All right, cool. So you started in your garage during COVID, which is great. I've heard that a lot lately. A lot of people continue training in their garage, um, which is cool because you built up your client base first a little bit before you jumped into owning a facility. Yeah. Which is super important. I think that a lot of times when people get into personal training and, you know, they start getting a few clients and then it's like, oh, I could do this. You know, I could own my own facility. Um, And then sometimes they get in over their heads because they jump into everything at once. So it's good that you were able to build up your own client base and then also connect with other trainers that were, you know, that had their own client base as well to bring in. Right. Exactly. Um, kind of the word of mouth. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So how does it work with your independent contractors within your facility? Do they pay you a portion of their revenue or do they pay you rent or how does that work? Yeah. So we basically just do, um, based on kind of how many hours they're in there, we do like a part-time and a full-time rate, just a flat rate per month. Um, and then every client um, also has to pay like an overhead or like an access fee, like a gym membership type fee mm-hmm. um, of $20. So per head that's in there. Okay. So they do like a, a $20, almost like a membership fee. Yeah. And then additionally, their personal training sessions are on top of that separate from that. Yes, exactly. So it's almost like, um, like a country club type feel like, um, just pay to be access part of the club. And then you're also paying the personal trainer on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strictly personal training in there right now. Okay. And then, so you said you offer groups as well, correct? Yeah. Um, we also do not every, um, trainer in there does groups, but majority of us do. Gotcha. Okay. So how does the membership work if somebody is doing group classes and one-on-ones are they is it just like kind of like a la carte like they can just add whatever services they want how does that work so it's really like I said it's up to the trainer Um, we all kind of know each other's like baseline uh, rates and businesses and things like that Um, but if you want to do like an a la carte session with for like a group or something um, I'm sure trainers are more than open to that as well okay all right cool so you all basically just structure things however you want within your yes we're very um we've been very fluid and go with the flow into this point which has been kind of nice and it's worked for us yeah um which i think also is nice for the trainers because they don't have these like textbook rules to follow and things like that it's like oh Mm -hmm. this place is pretty cool they're pretty lenient um so i'm sure once we kind of bring in more people and things like that we'll have to establish more uh, kind of boundaries and ground rules. But right now it's been kind of um, just like an open whiteboard. People can kind of help us out, give us ideas and things like that, which has been fun. Yeah, for sure. Definitely figuring it all out in the beginning. That's a lot of fun. Right. Um, so speaking of like the next steps, essentially, what are you focused on in the business over the next six months to a year or so? So you kind of like hit the ground running essentially uh, in the beginning, you know, things took off pretty quick for you. So what's the next thing that you're focusing on? 
Um, so we have two really big ones, which um, are pretty cool. We have, we started an event space, actually. Our space is so big and it's so open. Um, and for personal training, it's a lot of just functional um, pieces of equipment that are very movable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, we had our grand opening party and I, I train um, an event coordinator she's really good at her job and she crushed this grand opening and people were just like, wow, like you guys could use this for way more than just a gym. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of opened that idea to us. And we're like, oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> since then, uh, we've had another Halloween party. We hosted another personal trainers. Um, she's an online coach. So she had girls flying in from like all over the country, which was crazy. Um, and then we've had a birthday party. We've had two inquiries about wedding receptions. It's what? Really wild. It's crazy. I know. Like, that is crazy. Yeah. We're kind of baffled ourselves. We're like, wow, I guess, uh, I guess this place does look pretty nice. I guess. <laughs> so is that, is that like, that's a separate area of like, there's not like equipment in that area. Is there? Right. So it's like TRXs, like there's a dumbbell there's dumbbell racks obviously but those are like towards the back the front's like more geared towards aesthetic so it's like a couch with like a chandelier and like lobby area so it's more like a hotel feel when you walk in there um and then everything else is just like very movable they're like rowers treadmills with things that we can get out of the way okay yeah and we have like curtains there where we can section things off okay yeah so that makes sense. Very, yeah, very unique concept and kind of weird. You're like, wait, you're a gym and running weddings or what? Yeah, I have this like crazy picture in my head of like a wedding reception in the middle of a gym and I just right. can't like separate the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool yeah. though. And I'm sure that that kind of sets you apart, you know, from the other people in your area that most gyms don't look like that so that's cool thank you you. yeah um so now you've got you know a potential other stream of revenue essentially um and a whole different demographic to market to essentially so now speaking of both of those different things and you know growing the membership within your gym and then also getting the word out there about the events that you offer or accommodate hosting uh how are you gonna do that do you have a plan as far as like marketing strategies go for that what's that looking like yeah so um what's nice about it obviously you know um the connections and networking that just the fitness industry and personal training uh, kind of allows for. You meet so many people in the world. Yes. It's awesome. Um, so like that, um, our gym's kind of just been a social media kind of like laboratory where people were take selfies and post it and things like that. Um, so that's been just a, a big word of mouth. And then um, the events, we've had a vid- videographer come in to film all of those. And we've had um, an awesome photographer as well. So we've just been marketing that as well, just through that and social media and word of mouth. And that's really how we've gotten everything so far. 
Um, and then going to the new year, we're going to really like dial in on our marketing and like mm-hmm. have a structure towards what we're going to do a little bit more. Cool. Okay. So you've never done any type of paid advertising. It's all been organic to this point, word yeah. of mouth, referrals, things of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So now things are like really taking off. You're taking it to the next level now. So is that something that you're thinking about implementing coming up to kind of take it to that next level? Yes. Um, really right now we're kind of backtracking. So we, we want to hit Q1 and like the first, um, in January, like with systems in place for all this. Cause like right now we're like, Oh shit. Like this is like, it's it's taking some heat right now. So we need like to have a lot of systems in play and really get a structure to like the events and have prices and things like that in play. Whereas right now we just have been like freelancing it. (laughs) Right. And yeah. So when you said that initially that like everybody just kind of like does their own thing and there's not necessarily like a structure that like makes me nervous. Right. 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 I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I were you, I would be like, Oh (laughs) gosh. (laughs) Yes. I feel like most people that I tell, they're also kind of like, what like cringeworthy like how are you even doing this i'm like that's literally i don't know it's just it's just how i process and how, how i operate best yeah yeah hey i mean if it works that's fantastic but yeah definitely as you start to grow i think that getting some systems in place and some structure is definitely going to be beneficial for you for the future yes for sure, for sure. i might have to bring you in and you can uh, you can help me with that <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> I'm in. All right. So one thing that I love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is, and I think, I don't know, we kind of just touched on this a little bit, but there might be something else too, because there's always quite a few things, but if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing within your business right now, today, what would that be and why? Um, Improve one thing about the business. I mean, honestly, it would probably just be like abracadabra the vision is complete like <laughs> um, have all the structures in play have all of it ready to go instead of um we've just had to really we hit the ground running like you said and now we're like backtracking a little bit right that's been the hardest thing is just um with time um because you're running your personal training business now you're trying to handle personal trainers and their businesses you're trying to help them and like um make sure they're not failing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're also running the, the management side of like, fees. yeah, exactly. And right. coordinating these events and things like that, where it's just like, it can be like overwhelming time management. You're like, Oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. That's one of the hardest parts for sure. Cause you have to wear so many hats, you know, you're doing so much every day and you know, now adding in this other element to your business is, like essentially running two businesses at the same time because you know they're so different but so on the like on a daily basis how many hours are you spending on the floor coaching training um so i typically do about i would say six to max eight Mm -hmm. so right in that ballpark some days five um i take like i do split shifts like three days a week and then I just see like mornings the other like two or three days a week so I have my evenings free which is nice okay yeah that is definitely nice so it does 
allow you a little bit of time anyway to actually focus on the business side of things, which is good. And you should keep it that way yeah. as you continue to grow, because that's also something that really happens so often is that in myself included, you know, when I was running facility, it was like, I wanted to have control over everything. So I was like, oh, I'll just do everything myself, you know, cause then you don't have to worry about the level of service that's being provided if you're doing it, you know, right. and then it makes it really, really hard to be able to focus on the actual business side of things and the growth and, you know, looking for what's coming next and planning. And so it's good that you have some time anyway, to actually focus on those things. Right. I've definitely, I've been at that point where I'm like upward of like 60 clients and it's like, you're just stressed, stressed out and trying to keep people happy. And like, I'm like at the point now where I'm like mid forties and I'm just like, all right, this is a good, comfortable, like focus yeah. on the business side of it and like helping other trainers and things like that. It's where you can outsource and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, delegating some tasks is, uh, hard to do right you know and like allowing other people to kind of step in and take over some of the things that you're doing so that you can step back a little bit anyway and focus on what's coming right yes that you've learning been able to do that for sure exactly yeah so soon the process too so good for you that's awesome um so one, if you could provide one piece of advice for somebody who's thinking about opening their own facility, what would that be? What's like, what do you think is the most valuable lesson that you've learned in your first year of business as a gym owner? Oh, I think honestly, the biggest thing in the fitness industry is putting your ego away. I think it's yes. a very, very ego filled um, industry and everyone thinks they're the best and they think they know the coolest thing or they're like it's not it's not even like that like put your ego down and you don't have to have the biggest most massive facility you don't have to have every piece of equipment to cater to everyone like figure out what your niche is what you're gonna do um and make sure you like uncover all the diamonds before you take that step and just like throw yourself in a $10,000 lease. Yes. Because that bill hits you right in the gut really quick if you're not ready for it. Yeah, it really does. A hundred percent. And yeah, I love that you brought up the ego thing because a lot of times, you know, you think you have all the answers, you know, and it's like, you think that you know how you should structure things. You think you should, you know what your clients want. You know, you think, you know, the best way to market or the best way to sell memberships or, you know, whatever it is, there's so many aspects of the actual business itself, but sometimes just like taking a step back and just admitting that you just don't know what you don't know, you know, like you've never done it before. So how could you expect to know every step of the process and the best way to attack your marketing and the best way to serve your clients. Like sometimes you just don't know. And being able to admit that and to learn from maybe other people who are a step ahead of you in the game or, you know, just um, being open-minded, I think is huge. For sure. For sure. Cause there's going to be other gyms that tap into things that you want you want to be there or you wanted that and there's going to be people that like 
you know, they're asking you for questions, but don't try to act like, you know, exactly what every other gym is doing and you know how to do it. It's like, right. Exactly. And you also mentioned like really like narrowing things down and targeting a specific niche, you know, Um, that's super important too, because a lot of times people just kind of want to cast a really wide net and just bring in as many people as possible. Right. That doesn't work so well. And it especially doesn't work very well as far as retention goes, you know, it's like you want a specific type of person in your doors. You want, uh, the people that will add to the community and make the community better and grow your vision. You know, um, you don't want to just get anybody in the door and you want the people that are coming in that want to get results too. So it's, it's important to really narrow down, you know, define your avatar and then speak directly to that avatar. Yeah. Like our gym is definitely catered towards like female friendly. It's a lot nicer. It's, we pay for like a smell from like a hotel in Miami, like it's definitely yes. catered towards like the clean and like way different vibe than you would get if you walked into like a CrossFit gym. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's different. And and that obviously doesn't appeal to everybody, but exactly. that's okay. You right. know, there's plenty of room. Exactly. Like meatheady guys would walk in there and be like, this is a gym? Like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> right. It just, it depends on exactly like who your, who your clientele is, who your niche market is. So who do you want in there? Exactly. Yeah. And that's appealing to your target market on more levels than just one. You know, it's actually good that like the meathead guys walk in and they're, it's like turn off for them. Like they don't want it because a lot of times when women are working out, like they don't want that. Like they no, want to no. work out in peace and not have to worry about somebody staring at them or interrupting yeah. them or judging them or, you know, whatever it might be. So exactly. They want the nice bathrooms, the good scents, clean. Yes stuff like that so we definitely we definitely honed in on that aspect of it yeah absolutely that's awesome definitely separates you within the industry i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) all right so what's that i said we're trying yeah yeah absolutely seems like it's working so that's great (laughs) all righty so as we start to wrap up where can the listeners find you on social media um so our social media page is the one fitness with an underscore at the end of it um and then my personal is just uh at shane facemeyer so uh yep those are the, the instagram tags and the facebook tags all right perfect all righty so shane from the one fitness in ohio thank you so much for joining us today it's been great having you on the show Thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun. Awesome. All righty. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. 
Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and we are here to talk business. We have an incredibly exciting guest, someone from outside of the fitness industry who say, just happened to make his way into ownership just recently, Mr. John Davis of East Texas, Lufkin, Texas. John, what's going on, my man? How are you today? Hey, how are you? Nice I to be here. Doing very, very well. I appreciate you asking it, and I appreciate you joining us here. John, we just took over a gym here a couple months ago. First and foremost, man, tell the people listening, what kind of crazy are you? Why would you want to open a gym in a pandemic, man? What got you here? Well, um, we, we've got some really close friends that, that um, are really important to us. We're all in the gyms. We've been in CrossFit. We've done, I've played sports all my life. I've been in different, a, a bunch of different gyms, and this is just an opportunity presented itself that was established had been around for about 28 years. Um, the owner was burned out and um, we had the opportunity to take it over and kind of offer a different perspective, a different look um, in our town. And we jumped at the chance. Yeah. And so here we are right now. You're a gym owner with a, a certainly new perspective on the business, on the industry in general, but walk us through fit and firm, right? For the people who aren't familiar with this gym, how do you describe it to the average person? So the way I would describe it, um, it, it we've tried to create a, a, a family atmosphere. Um, our, our building is about 8,000 square feet. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got um, a really open concept as far as what it looks like, but our, what I would tell everybody that, that was looking to come in is you're going to get told hello. When you walk in, we're going to spend the time to talk to you, uh, understand who you are, your family, all of that. So that it's not just a box gym or, or a gym that you're coming in to work out that you're going to be greeted and it's going to be more of a family, family type atmosphere when they do. Yeah. I'm sure that has influence in you being a gym member for such a long time. It's things that you would want if you were going to a facility, right? Yes. Um, I, like I said, I've been in a, a ton of different gyms and what we kind of our thought process when we got this was just being able to take all the things that we liked and then those things that we felt were um, underserved and kind of provided into our model. And I think the biggest thing that I'd seen um, as a gym member was just the customer service side, taking the time to um, understand who your who your um, your payers were and why they're there, what their goals are, and then providing listening to them to 
like we have a, a suggestion box up there. We let members vote on what the next equipment they want to see in the gym. So really kind of um, being uh, just an avenue for people to come, be in a really neat place, but then give them the ownership of being able to see what's going to be brought in next. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's It shows that people are valued and they're not just a credit card, right? Yes. There's, yes. It's not Absolutely. just a, a monthly EFT, but we're here to provide value. We're here to provide a service. Yes. And so walk us through what that service is, right? Tell us, I mean, we, we kind of categorize people in this industry. We put people in boxes. We have the classic personal training studio. We have CrossFit boxes. We have spin studios and group studios of the like open gym concept, like a gold's gym, like a planet fitness of sort, where do you kind of fit into that puzzle? So we really have three distinct, um, the biggest one being, um, just the gym itself, but we also have a personal training side that has about 30 to 40 people that are doing personal training right now. And then we have a hit class side to where, um, we've leased out a portion of the building for her to come in and run these classes. Um, and it, it typically runs between 20 and 25 um, people each month. We have a, a total of about 500, 510 total members yep. um, in a town of about 40 to 45,000. I see. Okay. So within the facility that you have, you said it was somewhere around 8,000 square feet, right? Yes. Yes. Could you grow that 500 member count? Is Are you looking to bump that up? Our goal is 700 by the end of 2022. Okay, so 200 in the next year in a short amount of days. Yes. Tell us about marketing. And marketing for this type of model is a really unique situation because we're looking for, yes, of course, a specific demographic, but people are coming and doing their own workout for the most part. And so right. we're marketing the facility, we're marketing the equipment, we're marketing the community. How have you guys found success in getting in front of potential new customers? Well, kind of we've taken the bull by the horns. I mean, we've, we've looked at tr traditional Facebook, Instagram. We have places and platforms on there. But what we've done is kind of come up with a maybe a, a new idea, I, I guess. We developed some cards to where it's a two-day free pass um, in our town at least. And what we've done is go around to different businesses um, and tried to pique their interest as far as gym membership. But I, I also am researching and, you know, maybe you can help me with this, but um, really talking with some of the businesses about um, offering it as a, uh, a perk for their employees that are paying for insurance um, and talking to them, you know, see if it does pay down on the, on the premiums that they're paying each and every month. It might be a win-win situation for both sides of the equation. So we're kind of looking at several different avenues of trying to get that growth, but really using the word of mouth, I'd say since June, we've, we've grown 120 members since June. So, yeah. and it's majority has been through word of mouth. Good. Okay. And, yeah. and so you brought up a really a number of interesting points there. And when we talk about marketing, this is the frame at which we need to see it. It's not one thing or another. Yes, we have social media. Yes, we have paid ads. Yes, we have word of mouth. We have 
guerrilla marketing, if you will, and going business to business and partnering and doing different ventures like that. But marketing is a toolkit, right? Yes. We need to have different tools available to us because it's not just one job. We need to hit different demographics in different ways. And so you guys have taken advantage of a number of different things. Our industry is one that lends itself really well to word of mouth marketing. Yes. We, you could have the best advertising, the best sales system in the world, but if we don't have a product worth talking about, none of that is going to make a difference. People need to be willing to tell friends, family, coworkers, mother, brother, whoever, hey, I go to this facility. I love it. You're going to love it too. Come check it out. And from a business perspective, those are probably the greatest clients and greatest leads that we can have. The sale itself should be tremendously easy, but those are the people that stick around the longest. Those are the people that have the fewest complaints. We want to take as many of those as we can. And to your point, in the last six months, we added 120 people. 20 people coming from referrals a month is a really good foundation, right? Right. Everything on top of that is just going to be cherry on top, right? And so talk to us about some of those other strategies, right? You, you started off with, we've looked into Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads. How are those things that you've participated in so far? Or are they things that you're looking to do come no, we, we, those are things that we're currently doing um, and trying to highlight, you know, using those platforms to highlight uh, members of the week or members of the month or, you know, something along those lines to really highlight some people that are coming in and putting forth the effort and really going above and beyond. Um, so those have been really good, especially announcing any any new stuff like bench offs or stuff that we hold, um, those have been really good at being able to drive, drive attendance. Um, and not going back to the word of mouth, but I, I tell you, you know, through the pandemic, um, one of the things that have stood out most of our clients is how clean, clean the gym is. Mm. Um, and I think that has played a huge part, especially in today's environment of uh, not, we haven't overlooked that one, it, it's a small thing, but a big thing in today's environment that people want to know that they can come there and not be, um, they know they could be, you know, they could get COVID or whatever, but at the same time, it's going to be disinfected at all points. And it really puts people's mind at ease. And, and we've seen more people come in because of it. Yeah. Honestly. And I, and even to expand on that COVID or no COVID, I think people tend to prefer a clean yes. gym anyway. And so yeah. if we can say post pandemic or beyond this pandemic, that's going to still be valuable to yes. people regardless in a, in a fantastic standard to set for yourself. Now, John, talk to us about after we get that lead, right? The sales funnel, if you will, that lead be it from word of mouth, be it from Facebook, Instagram, Google, from a website opt-in, from a walk-in off the street, wherever the lead comes from. After we have that lead, what comes next? Walk us through the typical sales process. So what we typically do is walk them around and show them all the different, all the different equipment that we have, what it's used for. Um, we'll walk them into the bathrooms and explain you know, all the things that we provide 
to the customer, like shampoo, conditioner, body wash, Q-tips, lotion, body wipes, all of those things um, that they're going to be able to count on getting and then explain to them, uh, walk them into the 3D scanner that we have and talk to them about the goals that they have. And um, this could be a really good opportunity for you to get a baseline of where you're at and then expand on it and we can help you target the areas that you're uncomfortable with or you don't like or you want to see go away this is a great opportunity for you to visually see it instead of just feel it in your clothes you know what i mean yeah 100 and so we have them come into the facility give them mm -hmm. a tour show them a number of the different amenities but from the business side of things Whose responsibility is that? Is this something you're doing? Is this a dedicated salesperson or is this simply a, a front desk like admin type person? Well, right now, um, it, it's just the four of us running the gym. I see. So we don't have any employees at this particular point. At, in the future, we will. But um, at this point, it's all four of us um, are actually doing the sales approach um, with the all customer. hands on deck, if you all will. All hands on deck. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And so take us into the future then. Say we get to that 700 member goal that we have. Do you plan on hiring some staff and, and starting to delegate some of those responsibilities? Yes. Um, once we get to that point, it, we're either going to go the, the way of hiring someone or we're going to go to the, the way of expanding to be able to open up more um, opportunities for revenue, more things that would drive more customers in like uh -huh. um, okay. saunas or tanning or something to where it can be a one-stop shop for a lot of our, our customers uh, here in town and, and local community. Yeah, that is an incredible point and one that doesn't get discussed as much in the gym industry as it should. Obviously with the pandemic, when everything got shut down, a lot of gyms went under because they had no other way of collecting revenue. To your point, we, we introduced the idea of cross selling, right? We right. use that term to relay using our customers and increasing that average revenue per customer, albeit by providing other things of value to them. A lot of facilities such as yours get into selling supplements, selling apparel or merchandise, providing other services like sauna, tanning, whatever it is. That's something that you see in the future as being lucrative and valuable to the business. Is that right? Absolutely. We've already partnered up with um, a local nutrition shop um, to um, offer their supplements through the gym itself. We've also teamed up with a t-shirt company out of um, Florida, um, Iron and Ink. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, it's really um, gym apparel uh, type stuff that we've we've started to, to offer gym members um, just anything and everything that we can do um, right now that's within reason and makes business sense we're, we're trying to um, expand and or take bites out of certain portions just to see what kind of what's going to catch yep. and really take off yeah and and similar to the marketing conversation we have, the more ways that we can collect money, yes. the better off this business is going to be. We can diversify against 
hopefully not another pandemic, but who right. knows what's coming down the pipe, John. And so the more, the more ways that we can provide value, the better off this business is going to be in the long run. Now, in the same vein of looking into the future, right? Projecting growth, keeping your vision in mind. How big can you take this, John? What's the, what's the ultimate picture look like for your, from your perspective? I mean, I think the, the opportunity is endless for this size of community. I mean, I, I think we could realistically get to a 900 to a thousand, um, you know, within the next five to seven years. Um, but to be able to do that, um, you know, we've got some things that one thing that we're going to implement, um, and I know you and I were talking about it before, we're going to uh, move to more of a maintenance fee um, that we're going to implement in March of this year, um, a, a once a year $40 fee, just because of the prices of everything are going through the roof, whether it be toilet paper or paper towels, antibacterial gel. I mean, everything is. And what we're trying to do is just explain to them to be able to provide you the same type of level of service and customer service that you're, you've come accustomed to. This is going to be a one-time thing that's going to be able to put back into the gym, not only and keep the same standards, but also offer you new equipment and explaining to them, this is, this money isn't going to our pockets. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. we're investing it right back into the gym. Yeah. And when it's funny, when we have this conversation with gym owners, people in our industry are, are diehards and want to stick to their pricing model, never want to increase prices. But the reality is that everyone that you have to pay in your supply chain is yes. increasing prices. Yes. And to your point, even beyond that, we can't reinvest in the facility. We can't help people if we're not profitable ourselves. The more money we make, the more people we can help and the more volume or the more impactful we can be when we do help them. And so it's, it's a gym owner's duty and responsibility to be profitable. And so I think when you talk about those things, those will serve you tremendously as you move forward into 2022 and kind of navigate this fitness industry's landscape. Right. right. Well, and one of the ways that we've, we, you know, less is more sometimes. Um, and one of the places that we've really targeted is our first responders, whether it be veteran, ah. whether it be police, EMS, nurses, any of that. Mm -hmm. At our gym is $20 a month. Um, you know, day in, day out, because it's one of the things that we wanted to honor um, are these these people that serve us every single day and don't get a whole lot of credit for it. Um, yeah. One of the things that we're looking at into the beginning of the years is running um, maybe not to the same level, but offering something for teachers as well um, to really kind of um, print some flyers, get them into the school districts uh, for the teachers just to show them appreciation as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, I think to your ones. to your word of mouth strategy that we were talking about before, I think even selfishly, yes, it's nice to to provide a discount for those people. But selfishly, a lot of those people are community leaders. They have influence and know a lot of people that could 
also come from that. And so I think it's it's typically a win-win on both ends. Well, it is, especially from a police um, standpoint, because you've got a bunch of police officers that are going to your gym. People are going to feel more safe or more secure yeah. in a lot of times <laughs> um, when that happens. So, and And the reality is you get one, you get them all for the most part. So... I think that's probably a, a smart strategy for you going forward. Now, John, we know we could get to 900 or 1,000 members. What would that look like for you from a personal training standpoint? Do you think that's going to follow suit and, and increase as well? I think it, it, it could potentially. Um, I, don't, I don't ever see the personal training um, going over 100 um, personally, but um, you know, it can definitely grow as, as well as the fit, uh, the hit class. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that, I mean, that could be one of your main revenue drivers here in yes. the future as well. Yeah. What, so as, as we kind of approach the end of our time here, I think one thing that we haven't yet talked about is the impending rush of, of the early part of the year, right? Right. How do you plan to take advantage of that to the best the business can? Where are you going to spend the majority of your time as the business owner? Um, at the gym, um, at the gym, within the community. Um, like I said, you know, um, come January 3rd or 4th, we're going to get out and try to market to different businesses. Uh, and we're also going to hold a grand opening at the beginning of the year, just to um, now that we've gotten everything in because there were delays in getting certain equipment that we had ordered. So we've got it all in now, it's all squared away. Everything looks great. Um, hold a grand opening and try to get um, some of the nutrition shops out just to set up and, and kind of be a, a eyepiece for the community uh, to try to drive attendance too. Yeah, and so some events, some time in the facility, just some, some man hours worked is going to be impactful for you to take advantage of this. All right, John, we need to start wrapping some things up here, but where can people find out a little bit more about the gym online? So we've got a website called uh, fitandfirmgym.com um, that they can go to. Um, and um you can type in Fit and Firm Gym for Instagram as well as Facebook, and you'll find us, along with pictures and um, reviews and stuff like that about the gym. Got it. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting this conversation. I really appreciate your insight into the business side of things. I wish you nothing but the best as you go forward, and I'll have to get you back on here to check in and see how things are come year one anniversary for you. I sure appreciate you giving us this opportunity and appreciate the time as well. Absolutely. Well, sir, I thank you. I wish you nothing but the best. To everyone who tuned in, we thank you as well. We appreciate you. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your fitness model within the industry, click the link in the description fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. 
Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.